welcome to AMO Kenzoku, episode 42. Uh, we are a group of four bubblegum crisis boomer otaku who want an excuse to talk about anime, manga, and any related subjects we find interesting. The Kenzoku are... Hey, I'm Nick. I'm Dylan. Hey, all I'm Mike. And I'm Sam. We're recording this episode on... Why do I want to say it's July? It is December 28th, 2023, our last show of the year. And today we are talking about Shin Kamen Rider uh, film. But before we get that, we had uh, a little bit of kind of follow-up stuff um, from previous episodes. Uh, Dylan, you had something about Suzume? Yeah, just following up from the podcast last time with some kind of monetary comparison because I actually found that that good site that lists stuff. So... um... Suzume, according to this, the number site, which seems to be pretty good for most stuff, made uh, almost 11 million in domestic U.S. box office, and then 312 in uh, international, where we kind of gave that breakdown. So about 320. But comparing just to some others for where it stands, um, Weathering with You, which wasn't nearly as popular, that one made still about 190 million, um, which yeah. is pretty good considering that was 2019 and then uh your name made uh, about 350 million with 5 million that being um u.s domestic the interesting thing there with that with your name versus suzume is that your name made 225 million in japan about 84 million in China and about 24 million in Korea with, uh, you know, the rest of the world being split out. So that one was definitely much more heavily popular in Japan. Um, It's hard to say, you know, the exact reasons why for any of those things. Uh, But that was the case. Um, Weathering with You made of its 190 million, made 130 million of that in Japan, made about 40 in China and about 5 million in South Korea. So uh, that's kind of interesting that I think that Suzume was, is definitely the first, certainly the first of his movies that has made more in China than it did in Japan. That's crazy. Yeah. And like almost, almost half as much in South Korea as it did in, in Japan. Cause uh, Suzume made about 110 million in Japan and made almost 44 million in South Korea, which is non-trivial. And another one that's non-trivial I just noticed on the list for um, Suzume is uh, almost 10 million in uh, Taiwan as well. Oh wow! So if you include that's that right. one as a you know another Chinese language one, that puts the you know kind of like the Chinese language primarily speaking areas at about 100, 130 million. Um, wow. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. Looking back at a couple other um, things, uh, the biggest one is Spirited Away, which still has made more. That one worldwide box office made uh, about $384 million. That's still, it's not too far behind, it sounds like. Yeah, it's, not, it's not too far behind. I'm not sure if these numbers are um, inflation adjusted or not. And I think what this does is there may have, it's also possible because that movie's been around for a while that this may include multiple releases. Like they might've been re-released into theaters. I'm not sure. Oh, sure. A longer time to gain money. Yeah. um, But that one lists, yeah. Spirited Away lists uh, 304 million in Japan, 69 million in China and uh, nothing else really reported anywhere else. So that's why some of these numbers, I'm like, mm, sur- I'd be surprised there wasn't like, you know, something from South Korea there, but maybe it was earlier than they had those things. Um, and then going back to one that was, I think, considered a, a, a certainly a big flop, at least in the U.S. at the time, was uh, Princess Mononoke. Um, the details in this one are don't quite add up. The numbers don't add up. Um but it says this one made about 150 million uh worldwide making about 2.4 million in the US um their internal numbers don't make sense cuz it says it only made like 7 million in Japan and then the rest of the world 140 <laughs> so i think they have the miscategorization there 
Um, I'll yeah. just say the rest of I those mean, 140 million were Japan, probably. That's also 1996 data, so could, there's probably a lot of. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, that's there. why I feel like it's probably just a lot of uncategorized stuff. But the overall one is probably is probably pretty is close enough. Because um, I remember that one was a big f- kind of U.S. flop when it came out. It was um, it came out just before the holidays and was like kind of the first anime movie that got a big. It was the first release. Ghibli movie that got a proper like theater run in the U.S. Yeah, I, I want to say, yeah. and it was yep. through Miramax, if I remember right, because Disney yeah, didn't want to associate there. Yeah, it's a little too violent with yeah. for Disney to want to touch. I mean, it it's co- it's comfortably probably the most violent Miyazaki movie. I'm trying to think <laughs> yeah. of a more viscerally violent one, and I, I can't really think of any. So. so it's one of those things where you look at those numbers at the time, you're like two and a half million you're like well you know if they had actually like i think kind of um anticipated the market for it properly i think the two and a half million would have been like oh hey actually this is this is pretty good but it was one of those things where i think it got like this huge release and then was considered like a flop because not everybody went and and saw it because it really was more of an art house movie in the u.s certainly at that time but it wasn't released that way it didn't get paid for a bunch of big name voice actors yeah right? like jillian anderson was moro and like i'm yeah. trying to remember who else was in it but they didn't billy really advertise. yeah oh yeah billy bob Thornton, that's right they didn't really put much advertising behind it though i don't remember seeing any commercials for it or anything like that so i, I don't just, think it i just remember big... it smells like super donkey piss <laughs> what yeah that's a line from the uh from the dub at the uh towards the end of the movie um <laughs> because uh in 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 college it managed to somehow stay in the theater and then um a group of people we'd go down there like every wednesday and watch it for like half off or whatever and so we saw it for about like i think that's that is definitely a movie i've seen in the theater the most times i think i saw it like 10 or 15 times in the theater or something like that like yeah yeah um it it ended up being like just like a regular cheap cheap thrills for for college students thing um which was fun yeah that's uh I guess my biggest flex is I actually saw Mononoke in its original theatrical run in Japan because I happened to be in Japan that summer. My cousins ended oh. up taking me in. At the time, I didn't realize how important it really was. Like, I li- I loved it, obviously. But, you know, my cousin just mentioned, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be Miyazaki's last film. And then I'm, at the time, I'm just like, oh, interesting. And now we know, ha, 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 you know, jokes on us. He, he's been, air quotes, <laughs> retiring longer, almost longer than he's actually been making movies at this point. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, it's comfortably my favorite Ghibli movie. It's not even to me. It's not even close. Um, but going back to the the topic you brought up, Dylan, I have a. I don't want to extend this segment too far, but I kind of have a theory as to why uh, Suzume seemed to have such a more substantial international um, kind of earnings than domestic. I think. Well, it's two 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 things. Well, first is I think your name was most people first experience with Shinkai, I want to say. I think for most people, Your Name mm-hmm. is probably the first mm-hmm. Shinkai movie they watched for, like, yeah. let's call them normies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And obviously it did very well. The, their Japanese domestic box actually it obviously smashed, and it did quite well elsewhere. When you look at the breakdown, though, for Suzume, it seemed like the Japanese, you know, box box was, was down. But I think we also have to look at it through a lens of, this is a post-COVID Japan that we're talking oh, about. Yep. I'm sure... Yeah. Most people don't go to movie theaters there anymore, just in mm. general. I'm um, Sam. Maybe I mean you. You went and saw some a movie there, right? You can maybe attest uh, to that. It was an afternoon on a weekday, so I, I wouldn't see that was representative. Ah, fair. But that's my theory, anyway. And then also because at that point everybody had seen Your Name. Now they're like, oh, this is the next film film by the Your Name director. I think internationally people are like, oh, we're definitely going to catch this. So other countries, obviously hold up the side because when you look at the total earnings between the two it's relatively close but you look at the distribution and it's way off so that's kind of my theory is that one people do internationally people really didn't know shinkai was and two domestic box office wise japan's probably not going to see as much for any movie uh during theatrical runs you'll probably see a lot of in a lot of earnings post like you know digital distribution discs etc yeah, that's a fair point my, my my i was thinking that as well but then i was like but China was even more restrictive and stuff for all that stuff. So, you know, it it's kind of crazy. It's crazy. But China was... kind of did the mix where in China you were either 
more free than a lot of the world, or you were totally locked down. It depends but... on what city you're in. It's completely yeah. dependent on what city you were in. Um, I, I I have a little bit of more intrinsic knowledge because my uh, I have a lot of colleagues who are based in China, so I got info firsthand. Basically, if you were shut locked in down in one of the top tier cities, so your you know your Beijing's, your Shanghai's, your Shenzhen's, you're probably okay. Um, they had their you know, digital tracking stuff that told you if you were at risk or not. And if you were not, then you could do whatever you wanted. And if you flagged this, I think there was like three color coordinations, like green, yellow, and red. And if you tagged yellow, that means that you potentially were exposed. So you had to report to like a local center to get tested. And then if you were red, I think that was like confirmed. You're, I don't remember. But in any case, it really just was relative to where you were during pandemic. And... China has definitely had movies like I ha I happened to look at the uh kind of the worldwide for 2023 and like you know top is Barbie and then Mario Brothers movie Oppenheimer Guardians Fast X Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse so the number 7 movie is Mong Jiang Hong I'm pronouncing it probably terribly but <laughs> made almost 674 million dollars in the box that, office just in China <laughs> that, that's a bit and then the next one, The Wandering Earth 2, 605 million, like basically pretty much just in China. So there that people are definitely going and like, seeing movies. Uh, Star Wars. That's like a, a Star Wars level popularity movie though, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like then then it's like the next. Yeah. Lots of the next ones are ones that were quite literally only released in China. But even with that, for some reason, it's not showing up on this list. But um. Uh, Susume for total at the three twenty three would have come in at like number if if numbers are to be believed that they are in here. I don't know why it's not on here, but it would have been in here at number like twenty, like for the whole year. Um worldwide. I wonder if it's because the Japan release was in November and then the rest of it, so it might their stuff might excuse it out of this year or something. But at any rate, um so, you know, like even even comparing there, it made it made a good amount of money, and uh, people in China they they love watching movies in the theaters apparently. Yeah, and they love anime. Yep. Hey, those are good things. Gets more money there. Yeah, please. <laughs> anime needs more money. Cool. All right. Well, um, let's get into Common Writer. Um, so just a little bit of background on uh Common Writer here. Uh. It started out in 1971 as a TV show and manga created by uh, Shotaro Ishinomori. Uh, I didn't realize this at first, but this thing was... The TV show really was the primary thing, and the manga was kind of a side thing. It was it was originally intended as an adaptation of Ishinomori's Skullman manga, which, if you've seen Skullman, they actually made an anime of it not too long ago, although now that's probably like a decade ago. Um, you can see the similarities for for uh, definitely. Yeah, the helmet design for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in if you're at all familiar with um, Common Writer series, uh, there's almost always. I mean, there's been a ton of these. As I'll talk about in a second. Um, there's almost always a second writer. Uh, and I didn't ever, didn't know this before. I'm I'm getting all this stuff from Wikipedia as usual. Um, uh, the second writer came from the very first series where in episode 10, uh, the uh, the actor who played Hongo, um, Hiroshi Fujioka, he broke both his legs while filming uh, episode 10. And they were going to kill him off. Um, and instead, they introduced a second writer um, who kind of took over while the guy healed. And then the original uh, writer, Hongo, came back uh, at some point near the end. And they've just kind of kept doing that forever, which I thought was really interesting. Kind of a thing that was forced based on, uh, for, for practical reasons, uh, just became a part of the series. Yeah, uh, and a re the reason why it, it, people ask, why did Fujuka break his legs? Don't think was dumb. He was actually doubling as the lead plus, he was like an, a stuntman by trade. So yeah. that's why, so he did all his own stunts. And if you, you know, watched, I mean, and it, you can see it in the Shin Kamen Rider, like they do a lot of like high-flying acrobatics in a lot of cuts. So. You can I can easily see something going wrong and you snapping both your legs because you didn't you landed a forward front flip wrong or something. So 
especially back in the 70s, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yep. So the usual caveat here that we're going to go into all sorts of spoilers on Shin Kamen Rider, so, you know, oh, yes. y- you have been warned. That's kind of interesting because uh, just cutting in there off that because uh, later in the movie when the Kamen Rider 2 versus 1 fight, they have the first rider gets his leg broken like badly. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that was mm. definitely a... There's there's definitely a lot of callbacks yeah. to the classic stuff. It, it, I mean, Ando being Ando, he definitely... Um, I think some people will say that he was not so much spoofing Kamen Rider, but he was actually like having fun with the original content and adding his, you know, the one, some modern flares for sure. There was definitely CGI in it. And two, yeah. you know, his own directorial kind of panache because it's, it was a lot more violent than, um, common writer typically is. Yeah. And it let you know that right at the start too. <laughs> I do want to talk about that, but just, bef- just before we get there, I just want to intro a little bit of background on the, the movie itself. Um, it's uh, this movie was directed by Hideaki Anno. Uh, it was directed and written by him and co-edited, which I thought was interesting. Um, it actually came out in Japan on March seventeenth of this year, uh, but they've been planning it since twenty fifteen. Uh, it was originally intended as the release for the fiftieth anniversary of Common Rider in twenty twenty one, but you know, COVID and all that stuff. Um, and as we were talking about before we started recording, this is um, another one in the. Um, Shin series um, from Anno, uh, which is Shin Godzilla, Shin Ultraman, and Shin Eva. Uh, I don't know. Dylan, did you have any other particular details about the Shin? Uh, not a ton. It's kind of interesting. It's, it's Godzilla, Ultraman, Kamen Rider, and then toss in Eva in there. It's kind of interesting because it was basically done as a kind of a cross-promotional thing, but it's not like they're trying to make the you know sheen cinematic universe because they've explicitly said they're like no we're never doing any crossover because each of those properties is owned by a different company right mm-hmm. so it's like to- toho kara toei and um, the fourth slips me whoever owns uh kara <laughs> well yeah kara forever right yeah so kara toho is uh toho owns common writer i believe or Oh, they got to own Godzilla. Yeah. Well, to right? Is it Toei or, or Toei? Oh, to- Toho it's to- Kara. Oh, it's Tsurubaya Productions. I think. Oh, uh, that's a fourth. Yeah. They they own. Uh, maybe they maybe they're Ultraman. Um, yeah. So it was this. It's kind of just. It was done as a way to. I think probably get some extra kind of cross promotional stuff for everything, but it's kind of interesting that it was this like cross thing where the movies are all still just completely independent from each other but they allowed them to do a little bit of cross promotional stuff for them and then um have the uh the words in front so yeah i don't i don't have any other special insider knowledge i just thought it was kind of an interesting thing there's a lot of the same i'll call it the kara uh crew are are involved in nearly all of them because this whole thing was kind of put together by Otto. Um So you've got mm-hmm. Mahiro Maeda and uh, Yutaka Izubuchi and uh, Higuchi Shinji uh, and one of the other regulars. Like they're all they're all involved in like all of these movies in various levels for designs and direction and all sorts of other things um i think shinji higuchi directed the shin ultraman because at that point uh Otto may have even acknowledged to himself that he was a little too busy with probably trying to get after having done godzilla and then trying to get eva out and then and then into shin shin kamen rider so which uh, apparently um shinji higuchi this was shin kamen rider is the first one where he was not involved hmm Okay, yeah. So that kind of makes sense. They almost had to split there. I think the other kind of interesting thing uh, in this is that uh, Shiro Sagisu did ended up doing the music for Sheen Ultraman, thus was too busy and could not do the music. I don't know if it was that or if it was just decided. Um, could not do, did not do the music for Sheen Kamen Rider. So I was like, wow, when was the last time that Ano did something where Sagisu did not do the music? <laughs> 
so funny because some of the stuff in there, I swear, sounded like his music. Right. But the the music in there is by... Uh, Taku Iwasaki. Yeah, Taku Iwasaki. Another, who's another a, industry mainstay. I mean, he's been doing this forever. Yeah, and he's done so many... Choice. Yeah, so many great things for a long time. And um, so I'll, I'll stop with the, the Shin Japan Heroes universe. And... Uh, so I guess that's a good place to come back to this thing we were talking about earlier, about how um, I would say it's kind of faithful to the original common Rider um it's a retelling even right? too faithful well I, I even just the the story yes it is a retelling um but even like shots and camera styles and oh for sure and everything is all like it's it's very i mean it's new um, and obviously. locations in my understanding in arts sure yeah probably i i actually don't know i'm not familiar enough to say that they're in the same spots but i could see that for sure um because ano is a huge Huge common writer fan. I mean, all these Shin things. He's also big fans of. I just remember in um, there's uh, a video you can probably find it on YouTube of Ano going and teaching like this class about like how to do animation, some elementary school in his hometown, and like he overhears some kids talking about common writer, and they're like, "Oh, it's like this common writer, and then common writer Amazon and." Come writer black whatever and he goes he goes over there and like corrects him no 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 you're wrong that that's not the right one it's like <laughs> that's actually this other common writer <laughs> <laughs> he is a huge common writer fanboy uh to me it was kind of um it was cool to see but also it was a, a little bit disappointing too um i don't know what you guys thought like i, I appreciated the homage but sometimes it was kind of distracting like the shaky camera i felt like was a little bit excessive i think he was doing his best to retain the for for especially the action shots right i think in between mm -hmm. when there's a lot of exposition it's very much an on directed movie like weird camera <laughs> placement like cameras put at the top of doorways and like you know um you know not necessarily inside microwaves but like in odd spots <laughs> and you know, but then you get to the action shots, and it's very, very, it's very true traditional, very traditional, like old school common writer. Like, you know, the the camera being placed on the ground, and then the you know the stunt, the the common writer mm -hmm. doing you know forward flip or you know a, a pirouette or whatever athletic moves, and you know a lot of well, you know kind of looks like wire work. Obviously, mm -hmm. a lot of it was uh, supplemented with C not a lot, but parts of it was definitely sub supplemented with CG, particularly like the the uh the common writer one versus two fight right like that was very have like com exclusively cg'd um yeah i feel like there was actually a lot of, of cg so yeah it, it was, was pretty, pretty obvious effect. and you know what i mean it's fine uh it, it it was used in at least it was used consistently as far as like when it was applied like the types of places it was applied the mm -hmm. costumes were great i loved the yeah, costumes. So the costumes for me almost saved the movie um, yeah. all of the uh, all of the augs all of the both the writers i mean i i love them uh they were, they were great the the in you know about the cg like the the augs they, they actually did a really good i actually couldn't tell at some points if if it was all like whenever they showed the kind of organic stuff obviously that was cg but some parts it was like in the beginning when um he takes off his gloves and he's got the kind of like insecty hands mm -hmm. it was like that looks practical, but maybe not. Um, it was, that was it was really good. That this yeah, the costumes and the designs for all that stuff was great. I loved their uh, their helmets; those were so cool. Uh, yeah, the helmets make make Common Rider right. Like I mean, to me, Common Rider is defined by the helmets. I mean, the that's mm -hmm. like it's in the title, right? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it's the mask. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was disappointed with it. I mean. I, I I I used to be I when I say used to be I'm talking like in my in my young childhood because I grew up watching Common Rider Black which was the third series I believe because 1 and 2 were in the 70s and then Black I mm -hmm. believe started in like 87 so that tracks about when I was 5 years old. So all my mm -hmm. old diecast metal Common Rider, you know, toys were Common Rider Black and I was, you know, a big Common Rider Black fan. Um I never really went back and watched the the original stuff. And then, you know, once I got into, like, middle school, like, you know, that stuff wasn't... It, it was more like uh, Super Sentai kind of took over for me as far mm -hmm. as that, like, uh, you know, that, uh, the live-action stuff. But overall, I think it was 
I, I, I ultimately I enjoyed it. I felt like some parts dragged on a bit. Yeah. But um, the overall plot I felt like was solid. It felt like a proper common writer plot with a a dash of Eva at the end with the what what was it the the where when the old big brother wanted to integrate everybody into the afterlife like i was like oh there's the (laughs) there's the eva callback i knew he had to throw it in there though that's actually kind of topical and something that actual silicon valley billionaires are actually trying to do at least theoretically right uh i think it's called long-termism or something like that oh gosh those guys make being a fan of technology it's no fun um back to topic though i've never seen any common writer before so this was my first Mm. my first time at least that i can remember at all like i've never seen any of it before and so i thought it was pretty great um it definitely i i agree it definitely got into a little bit of the you know the the not instrumentality project the pr- the prana project um mm-hmm. but i like the opening scene and all the mask and everything was super cool and it was also it was so nice in some ways cuz i haven't really seen it i haven't seen much tokusatsu stuff like frankly ever um but it was really cool watching it and i know there was like cgi stuff for various fights and things but like the opening fight where you see you know when he's uh about to uh oh, about to aug not not common rider yet and he's punching these people and they're just turning into pools of blood and going through everything and i was like well this is cool like it's got a real mm-hmm. heavy weight to it and it is definitely you know, it's a superhero movie, and you can see that, but you're like, oh, yeah, like, this is what, you know, this is what would actually happen in Captain America. Like, he would punch you, and your chest your chest would collapse, and, like, your lung would go flying off somewhere. There'd be blood all over the place. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely, like, I really liked the the physicality in it, and... You know, in some ways, the the silliness of the um, of the combat at points, um, for the most part, I think it was pretty good. The kind of the the one that I was like, well, even even when I was like, well, that's a little weird. Was the uh, the final battle of Common uh, Rider versus uh, the Common Riders versus uh, Eva Thirteen? I mean, uh, I mean, Big Brother. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, Kamen Rider Zero, right? It comes out Zero. Yes, yes. Um, Against the brother where they're like, they end up like basically doing like pretty untrained grappling on the ground, which was kind of silly, but... Yeah, but that's actually kind of in in the spirit of of traditional Kamen Rider. Like, I feel like the fight that encapsulates it the best was actually the very first one with the spider. Mm -hmm. Like, that shot mm-hmm. i feel like ano must have probably spent the longest time for that sh- that particular fight is my, kind of my, what my gut tells me besides maybe the final fight with the with the brother just because it when i watch i'm like oh i i actually had that moment where i'm like oh man i distinctly remember seeing some of the some of these exact moves in common rider i'm sure he looked at dozens of fights across the history and you know thought about what would look correct for the for the film because it's how how they fight in their biker effectively elaborate biker leathers right and their ridiculous mm-hmm. helmets um it's not it's not pretty it's not elegant it's kind of kind of you know like amateur grapply and then suddenly they take off into the air and then he does his rider kick and one thing that surprised me was on the opted not go campy and have them him announce his moves he they, he almost yeah, just finished him with rider kick, which is one of his finishing moves mm-hmm. uh, historically. And you know, and then they turn into um, suds at the end. I don't know. I didn't really understand <laughs> that. Like they look like they turned into bubbles. Yes, when, yeah. when people died. It's because like their explanation I, that... was to they're not supposed to leave a trace, right? Because right? they're like secret. Yeah, so. that sounds like something children's TV would do just to avoid leaving dead bodies. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> splattering blood. Yeah, for sure. That the interesting thing was that this had that, but also the blood splatters. Yeah, it did. I, I was, to be honest, overall disappointed 
in this. I, I like was the beginning was interesting and like, yeah, the way like he's fighting them and they're exploding and stuff. And I thought that was, that was great just because it was kind of like, well, they don't do this in Kamen Rider um, or generally Tokusatsu at all. And, but it was, you know, it was jarring as one of those, like, we're just going to dump you right into the scenario. But then they, they go into like the hideout thing and then they just info dump you to explain everything that they skipped you over. And it's like, I mean, couldn't you have just spent like, I don't know, five, 10 minutes showing the escape and stuff instead of just dumping it to me and then killing the guy who told you everything. And then I kind of like, I got really repetitive with the, like not monster of the week, but literally like monster of the minute. Uh, just like, uh, yeah, part of me almost wished thought this could have been done as like an eight episode like miniseries instead of a feature length film because yeah. it already sets you up ahead of time. It's like, oh, there's four, there's four logs. I'm like, okay, so we're gonna see this three, three more times. Turned out not how you thought because the there was that weird side kind of plot of the the black suits taking out the wasp og or the scorpion og on their own i'm like oh okay so that led me to believe that the real you know final boss air quotes was not necessarily going to be shocker but maybe it was this you know government organization turns out nope they actually were still kind of good guys at the end i'm like oh that's a little disappointing like the the movie kind of hinted that it was going to go an alternate path and that got me excited and then ended up not and i kind of then i kind of deflated so yeah, that um, felt such a weird throwaway, that one in particular, because I was like, yeah, okay, they took it out, and you it, you figure, oh, yeah, this is going to factor in someone and be interesting. Oh, no, they just use, they, they make a bullet to kill, you know, the next dog. It's like, oh, okay, Well, wow. well it, it, it makes me think, like, oh, they needed the toxin from the scorpion so that if, it's to keep, keep a check on the writer, right? So that's how they keep him, you know, under their thumb is, oh, we have the, we have the means to kill you with this magic bullet so you better listen it's kind of what i thought it was going to go and it didn't not it actually right, ended up going yeah. more more tradition i would say traditional common writer ending and that could be because ano didn't want to ano the ending maybe he actually he loves common writer so much he wanted to have a proper common writer ending which i mean i i can respect um i did like the you know part of me was wondering if they were going to really do a full callback to um common writer with introducing you know two um, uh, Ichimonji's character, and then as soon as I I saw him, I'm like, ah, okay, they are. And then you know that mm-hmm. whole section was pretty cool. I like that section yeah. with um, you know, with the fight, and then you know, uh, uh the 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 part with uh, what's her name, Ruriko, like kind of freeing him from his subjugation and all that. And it's like, oh, yay, we get the we get the team up, nice, kind of. That also just felt too easy, too, right? Like, I I love Ichimonji. He's definitely my favorite character. Oh yeah, for thing. sure. For me too. Um, but yeah, it felt really. I don't know. Like I like you say. Like he he stuck close to Common Rider, and may, I think maybe that's my biggest complaint is that he didn't really try and do too much to update it. Like he made it a little bit more adult by making it more violent. But he, like it's like the first third of the movie felt like an unknown film, and then the rest was just him kind of doing his best to recreate traditional Common Rider with a little bit of his flair. Is kind of what yeah, yeah. I think that's a good way of of putting it. And and I was thinking about this afterwards that I think part of the appeal of, of for me at least with Tokusatsu and and uh, Kamen Rider in particular is the 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 camp. You know, is a key part of it, and the kind of goofiness. There's a little lot more comedic relief that kind of sells some of the goofiness um, for you. But this has none of that it's it's trying to take itself very seriously um i just i don't know how well that works with with him not um totally buying in to try and making a more elaborate plot um i think it needs a little bit more i i generally agree um i i i think i don't obviously you know i don't want to speak for him I, to me it just feels like he has so much reverence for common writer that he didn't mm-hmm. want to really reinvent it, even though that's probably, in my opinion, on those greatest strength is like reinventing things. So, yeah, I, exactly. Like because the beginning was great; it was super dark and gritty. I'm like, oh, are we getting like a really messed up Kamen Rider who's actually like all jacked up and mutated looking? I'm like, I'm all, I was all about it. <laughs> and then the yeah. professor shows up and goes, push that button and exp- <laughs> expend the prana. I'm like, oh, really? 
Oh, oh, that's too bad. Like, literally, you don't see him as an insectoid ever again. After that true. opening scene, he's just, he's just, you know, Hongo the whole time, which is, I mean, I, I, at first I was like, oh, okay, but he kind of never had to really struggle with, um, his kind of dilemma because, like, uh, out of all, so think about it, all the fights, he, he, he splatters the bat, he didn't even have to fight the scorpion, he also spared the wasp, and then the freaking agent shot her with the magic bullet, so, like, mm-hmm. he didn't really have to actually like make a hard decision most of the movie when you think about it like well and and one of the weaknesses they give him right which i actually thought was cool was the like oh he needs the wind to charge his prana right um i thought that was cool but then like the one time he's in a predicament where oh i i basically gassed out my prana uh so i could take my normal form um then he has you know um ichimonji to fight and Ichimonji's like, well, I don't want to fight you until you've recharged, so I'm going to help you, you know, let you recharge, and then we'll fight. And it's like, well, okay, that was kind of cheap. Yeah, but that's also kind of on brand, right? Like, in the, the villains, oh, yeah, like, sure. I don't want to fight you when you're weak. I want you at full strength, so I'll let you charge, just to show how much better, how better, how much better I am than you. And that's very much on Ichimonji's character, too, right? He's kind of like a, he likes to talk down to people, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree, but I think just goes more to like what we were talking about, where it's like it's just extremely faithful to Kamen yes, Rider. Yes, to- totally agree. So. Yeah. So I don't know. It was weird for me because part of me was like, I, it was was definitely the the uh, the sentimental, you know, um, me- member berries kicked in, and I was like, oh yeah, this is okay. <laughs> but then at the end, I should, I'm like, wait, this is Anno. I expected him to do something more, like the beginning. But you know, at the end of, it, I, I I watched it all and I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How about you guys, uh, Mike? It's interesting. I think, I don't know, Dylan, I don't, haven't totally gotten your take on this, but I feel like this movie serves as a really good commercial for Common Rider for non-Common Rider fans. Like, it certainly got me intrigued to go back and see more of series that I might not have otherwise considered. And for me, it was probably the most fun of the Shin Japan Heroes universe. Not, I wouldn't call it the best, but I'd say it's the one that I enjoyed watching the most. Oh, really? Interesting. Like, Shin Godzilla is probably the one I consider the best. Um, Shin Ultraman, I felt like I really needed to be more of an Ultra fan than I was to actually appreciate what was happening in that movie. Whereas this one, I seem to have enjoyed more than the people going in with more common Rider experience. Because the only series I've seen was Den-O, and that was almost 20 years ago now. Yeah. I think Den-O was like 06, 07, somewhere around there. I thought it was yeah. more like 04 or 05, but... No, Den-O was 2007. Oh. Okay, I'm off on that. I'm Close thinking enough. of Sailor Moon live action, I guess. I mean, that's a, what's a couple of years, you know, 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, like I said, I hadn't ever seen anything, and I thought this movie was super fun. Actually, I ended up watching it twice. I watched it the first time subbed and the second time without subs, and it was by far the easiest to watch without subtitled Ono thing that, like, I've seen. Maybe maybe <laughs> Nadia, but even Nadia, I think, has more shenanigans. I was like, oh, I can, like, just totally follow along from watching it one time subbed. And, like, I was like, oh, that's weird. Um, hmm. uh, but, yeah, I, I think I had a similar take. I think I had a similar take to Mike where I was like, oh, this is, like, this is really fun. Like, this is cool. Like, I, I definitely enjoyed it um keeping on with the the things that i think were were cool is one just it's superhero from this completely different perspective that's not the mcu brain that we've all been infected with and then everyone's gotten sick of it which is why they've stopped making money and they're trying to figure out what the heck they're doing but that's a whole different thing um things that were so that that part of it the very physicality of it and the actual uh reduced use of generic cgi planet a a two three was was really nice it's just as kind of a contrast there i think some other things i really loved the soundtrack i thought was just a banger it's so many different types of music throughout i don't know because obviously i have no idea if a lot of these things were redone versions or adaptations of 
songs and motifs and things from Common Rider in the past. Some definitely were. Like um, the fight yeah. music definitely was. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the design stuff for the uh, I forget the shocker uh, base with the butterfly stuff in the background was just it was super cool design and looking. And um, aside from that, like I'm a big fan of the Ono of Ono and his live action camera placement and shots and uh, photography and things like that. I I always think it looks really cool and striking and interesting. And it contrasts with his very, often very stilted governmental characters. Hmm. Part of it apparently was shot on iPhones to retain <laughs> that uh, look from the old shows, I guess. Hey, they, they, you can make I'm, a I'm you so... can make a super fancy Olivia Rodrigo video. You can you can make Sheen Common Writer. You can make Sheen Common yeah. Writer. True. Well, I want that real uh, shaky cam experience from the seventies. Yeah, just go <laughs> grab the iPhone <laughs> in your hands. I wouldn't be surprised if it was him holding the camera for those. I think Mike pretty much nailed the intent, though. Like, this is really, not hindsight, this is probably a fantastic jumping off point for anybody potentially interested in Common Rider to mm-hmm. get a get a taste of it at, at least on the in in the with the main themes and like kind of the action um i feel like that's it, it's kind of you're going to be let down i think if you're going to common writer and then and then uh jumping into it from here because common writer is is way goofier especially in the the stuff from uh what is it heisei especially oh, from Deno. from like um, yeah uh, well yeah i i, I haven't watched any common writer in the I would let's yeah the modern era I guess we can call it Heisei. Um, I felt I feel like Showa was definitely the the heyday of like the you know what I feel like most hardcore common writer fans probably <laughs> would say what real common writer is. And yeah, I I would think in general I think Shin does a good job of representing that. I would say the one the one og that felt very modern to me compared to the rest was the uh the the the, the hybrid one the chameleon uh uh-huh. like he it was cool design like the hybrid mask and everything i was like oh he kind of looks like what a modern you know tokusatsu villain would look like um yeah, and kind of knives yeah <laughs> and kind of behaved like it too right he was kind of cheeky and you know kind of mm-hmm. talked back and you know fought dirty and all that but the rest were like especially the bat Professor, he he had he looked real old school in his kind of yeah design. I did not like his the whole flying segment that looked really bad. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was some horrendous CG. Uh he was my least favorite for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's funny that, that that whole segment had some of my favorite and least favorite parts because him as a him that whole fight was terrible. But the setting, like that arena. And the cam- some of the camera shots on the used in that segment were, in my opinion, some of the better. Um, mm, okay. But yeah, I agree. The fight was was probably the worst. Yeah. What What are you guys' uh yeah favorite augs? I think I would find the uh yeah the chameleon uh pragmatist one my my favorite one. What about you, Dylan? What's your favorite aug? Uh, I'm gonna go Kumo aug. Spider Spider aug yeah. was was cool. Um. Probably number two will be uh, Hachiog, the, the wasp. Mm-hmm. Wasp the, og. the friend, the, the Osano Najimi og. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, that's Rudy Rudy. Um, yeah, those are those, those would be my, my favorites. Those are, those are cool. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I think I agree with Dylan on the favorites. I'd say Scorpion was probably the biggest disappointment just because I expected to see more Terabad interesting combat than we actually got from that yeah oh man scorpion head with like the the tail that was just kind of looked like it was like a little like spinny whirly thing was both awesome and ludicrous and terrible and then it goes back around to being awesome again and then that weird like flesh-colored latex half like suit she had on i was like man what was up with her design she was probably the weirdest design um, as far as base character goes, um, cool fight scene. Like the way she was fighting was minus the weird CGI tail on the head. 
but like, you know, where she was like lunging with her like feet and her hands, like really not practical, mm -hmm. but a very, you know, I would say very tokusatsu fight style, you know, very, very just, what's the word? Uh, it looked like a dance more than like actual fighting. Yeah. That was, that's why I was so disappointed because that one was gearing up to be, to me, to be really interesting. I was like, oh, she hasn't even, you know, transformed and she's doing, yeah, this cool, interesting fight. I don't know, like, I really wanted to get a better look because it was so hard to see exactly, like, the tail until the mm -hmm. very end. I was like, oh, there's, like, a scorpion on her head right. with the tail? That was, like, so weird. Yeah, and then I was just like, oh, okay, they just kill her in it. Yeah, and then that. just pew pew, guns guns solve everything. I'm like, really? Was that was that all it took? Why can't why don't you just send the, the army in for every single one of them then? Yeah, I was wondering about yeah. that if they were gonna go. F I'm like, yeah, why don't you just do the American solution to all these problems then? Yeah, just en enough bullets solve everything. <laughs> they did a little bit too too much of the uh, uh, bullets. You're you're bulletproof um, when it's convenient and and not bulletproof <laughs> when it's not convenient. True. Uh, uh, I when I saw the trailers for this movie originally. Um, I did not like the CG bike transformation. Um, but when I saw it in the movie, I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't know how you guys yeah, felt about that. Worked that was better cool. than I expected. The transformation CG to me was okay because it looked to mimic what was used in more modern. Um, I was specifically like Super Sentai stuff. Like that's kind mm -hmm. of, it kind of had that look. And so I think it was less egregious to me versus like the entire tunnel bike scene, which was all yeah. CG. And I hated it because, yeah, uh, I just, uh, I mean, I understand finding a tunnel that long in Japan is not practical, but like shoot it in a wind tunnel with a freaking like, uh, a treadmill, like something yeah. like practical. Oh, if that was shot practically, Man, oh, that would have been the best scene because yeah. I, one thing I was disappointed in in this was the just how little motorcycle anything was in the movie. Like Kamen Rider is yeah. the freaking motorcycle hero. Like that's the whole thing is he rides a motorcycle and they didn't have especially towards the end. Like in the they had most of it towards the beginning, honestly. And yeah. by the end there was very little of it and that made me that kind of was a was a disappointment for me. Yeah, that's like, like kind of the, the reason you watch Tokusatsu is because it's largely practical effects. Exactly. It's in suits fighting. And like to get kind of robbed of a key part of Common Rider being the motorcycle. Uh, yeah, that, that was a big disappointment because uh, that could have been so cool. Yeah, like it's in the freaking character's name. He has the mask and he rides a motorcycle. Like those <laughs> yeah. are the two key pieces to have a good Common Rider anything. So that that definitely left a bad taste in my mouth. In that particular that scene in particular, I was watching this in the, you know in the middle of the day. I was like uh uh 1 p.m. so it was pretty bright out and I couldn't really tell what was going on at all in that scene because it was so dark. I don't know if it was different for you guys if you just better viewing conditions. Nope. Similar. I watched it kind of middle of the day so it was pretty hard to see. I I watched it at night on a on a nice on a nice uh, LED TV, and it was dark as heck, and I could not see like like anything. I wonder if that was intentionally done for cost measures to be like, okay, hey, if we can make if we we'll we'll give this the uh, what's it the the Game of Thrones final battle treatment here and make it super dark so that we can get a little cheaper on our CG and stuff here, and because we only have X amount of dollars to spend. Mm. I don't know. It, it, if I was going to give them an excuse, I would say it's probably to just hide that it's CG. Like, mm, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that too. They, they did a lot of good CG and they're very good at mm -hmm. it. So, um, I don't know. Yeah. So, one of the other things that I thought was, as we're getting here towards the end, um, was I felt like there wasn't much of an ending. And it all feels like they were just leaving it to be resolved in maybe a sequel, but I haven't heard anything about that. You guys' thoughts about that? Yeah, to me, it was left very obviously open-ended for the possibility of doing a follow-up with with two, and maybe maybe the idea was for him to turn this into a movie series where he retells, you know, mul multiple. I would love to see an interpretation of Black, just on, on a personal level, but I honestly don't see that 
happening. I don't think this did particularly well in theaters. I think it did worse than Shin Ultraman. Well, I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm not, I'm not surprised. Um, but I, yeah, that was, that's kind of, it makes it extra disappointing because it feels like they held back to save stuff when, um, like the final fight with Butterfly Man was kind of, um, well, let down for me anyways. And then I was like, okay, but they still got the final fight, the real final fight to go. And they kind of, un, you know, explained the whole plot. And I didn't get that. So if we don't get a sequel, <laughs> I, feel, I feel kind of robbed. On the uh, box office, looking at the site that I look at for stuff, I don't think it's, I don't think it's accurate at all. Cause this says that Sheen Ultraman made 630,000 in the box office. And that's not, that's not right. <laughs> That's that not um, right at all. Sheen Common Writer they have as making fifteen point six million, like entire Oof. entirely in Japan. Um whereas like Sheen Godzilla made uh worldwide like seventy five point six million box office. Hmm. And that was back in twenty sixteen. Godzilla is a more globally right. like marketable idea yes. though. Like it, it, Ultraman yeah. and Common Writer are very like insulated insular in japan like very few people i feel like know what those are outside of japan definitely yeah so i that leaves me to wonder kind of what ano is doing um i've kind of had this feeling for a long time that um ano has he's been super successful animation and he's kind of after you know all the trauma from making eva He's kind of left animation, and then he came back. He did redid Ava, um, and then he's kind of uh, retreated to basically doing stuff that he's always wanted to do. You know, stuff that he loved in his childhood, and it feels like with Common Writer, he's kind of done them all now. So what? What now? <laughs> uh, easy one. Uh, Kari Kano season two. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. I think I the original Magata hated yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I I feel like he's a little bit, um, to be a bit provocative. I feel he's he's uh he's kind of a coward, uh, and is Eva was so successful, um, that if he does any more anime, it will never reach that level again um and i think maybe he's i mean but yeah I, I don't necessarily disagree with your assumption with your like kind of suggestion that he's he's afraid but at the same time like there's quite literally no one who can make that level of lightning strike twice like no one yeah. has ever been able to make two ips that were as like literally that define the medium right like when people talk yeah. about anime ever comes up in many people's you know like discussions very early on i mean it's in you know mentioned along with dragon ball one piece well now i guess more than dragon ball but you know dragon ball still obviously yeah. iconic but like even toriyama right like hasn't stopped doing dragon ball because probably can't make anything else as successful um yeah. i'm sure oda will probably never stop making one piece and even <laughs> if he did guarantee whatever he makes won't even be 10% as successful as One Piece. Yeah. Like, when you make these genre-defining IPs, like, I think it's an... Ex I, I, I personally think it's an expectation that whatever you do won't necessarily be as popular, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, having the string of success that, like, Takahashi did between Urusei Yatsura and Inuyasha is pretty unheard of that's completely unheard of yeah she is the literal unicorn in you know in the manga anime space i feel like i just want to see him make more karikano type stuff or, <laughs> you know like it doesn't have to be it but like just make a mundane thing and make it interesting and do it well like which is i guess kind of why i'm disappointed with common writer is i kind of almost wish he started some kind of his own like internal like maybe he's in kara started his own competition where he just accepted um like screenplays from random people and anything that interests him he he'll buy the rights and turn into a, like say a 10-up series and see what happens i think he could try something like that and potentially 
make you know make something really interesting out of it like he gets so that way he gets to pick right he gets to find something mm -hmm. that piques his interest but not necessarily do all of like the design work right like somebody else has come right. up with the world and all that but he gets to kind of form it into uh you know in, into reality or right? into into anime i'd say because I, I agree i think anime is his better medium he's just exhausted with it rightly so so. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what uh at least to me kind of feels like what Miyazaki's done is that he's a lot oh. of his stuff has gone into and and the uh, Studio Ghibli stuff has gone into various adaptations of previous existing properties and taking their own thing but not coming up with everything from scratch for the most part. Yeah. 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 Ever since ever since uh yeah spirited away i mean there's been a couple others that were that were in there but you know that was you know spirited away was 2001 so that's over 20 years ago and the vast majority of their stuff since them has that has been based on pre-existing works i'll call it mm -hmm. cool um well with that i think we're just about at the end here um you guys have any thoughts here i'll give you a chance to about whatever you want here in the last few minutes um mike what, what do you have to say any final thoughts about shin common writer um it pretty much met my expectations as far as cheese uh, the gore kind of felt like it was mixing japanese 70s live action cinema with the japanese 70s tv cheesiness of the rest of the concept mm -hmm. like you know making me think of some of the classic 70s exploitation samurai and yakuza and a good the level of yeah. gore in those sort of things that influenced quentin tarantino and kill bill <laughs> quentin tarantino is actually something who was i was thinking about watching that opening sequence <laughs> but yeah. yeah i guess i liked it and it has made me more interested in going back and watching some of the common writer i've missed so i think it did its job there Cool. Even if it's certainly not, I agree, the best of the Shin Japan Universe films. Yeah, it's a it's a good assessment, I think. Um, Dylan, final thoughts? Uh, I thought it was I thought it was really fun. It's definitely it's definitely a flawed movie. It's definitely also an Ano live action movie, which has his very distinct look and feel about it and the character types. But I happen to quite enjoy those, and I think it's really interesting how distinct his live-action styling is from his anime styling. Because mm. the character types and the way things happen just feel so different, but they're still, like, very distinct. So I thought it was I thought it was a pretty fun movie, and, um, yeah, I, I'll probably watch it again a few times, just put on the background, because it's, it's fun to have something like that in the background and I have access to it. Yeah. Uh, Nick? Um... As much crap as I talked about it, in the end, I'm so glad I watched it. This is actually the first of the the Sheen series that I've watched. I haven't I, I haven't watched Godzilla or Ultraman. I may now give them a go because uh, you know I'm I'm interested to see how how those are adapted. Um, I think the big shining light in this movie for me at the end of the day is actually the the score i think the i think iwasaki did a great job adapting some of the classical like he kind of orchestrated the old common yeah. writer music and, and for the fights and stuff and then you know the overall was a was a very fitting score it felt i could like i could close my eyes and immediately think that yeah this is an on no film because he has he likes his music to sound a certain <laughs> way iwasaki obliged well, and then of course, you know, I, I do appreciate that the final ending credits is literally the original Common Rider opening. Which, yeah. Which is proper. Like, you have to. So, yeah, in the end, I think, you know, um, it, you can tell that how much he really cherishes Common Rider. Like, I can see how much care he put into certain parts of this movie. So, for that, I, I tip my hat off. Hopefully, you know, he was satisfied with what he was able to make, you know, and. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah, I agree with you. I'm really interested to see where he goes from here. Um, you know, I, I don't think he needs to, to prove himself anymore. I just want to see him make more stuff, frankly. That's, that's what yes. I really want to see. So, 
Yeah, whether live action or animated, I'll you know, I'm 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 open to either. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll just pick up there and say that like, same. I just want to see him make more stuff, and I'd actually really like to see him make more original stuff now, even if it's not animated. Although I'd love to see more animation from him. Um, just yeah, making something new from him, I think, will be really cool, and but hopefully, that's what we get next. Cool. Um, so that about does it for us. We don't um, know what we're going to be talking about next time yet, um, but uh, we do have uh, Kenzoki's coming up soon. Uh, maybe that will be our next one. We'll see. So until next time, this is AMO Kenzoku signing off. Sarabha.